have heard it very um, detailed, my story, and some of you heard a little bit. For those of you who have not, I just am going to give a tiny, tiny bit, um, not to wear out the rest of you that were <laughs> and the other ones that had to sit through me giving it many times. But um, my background is I've been gone from Tulsa for about two years. I'm from Southern California, and um, I came out here to attend Bible school in a little bit that you can just know I had a lot of... Uh, trauma and dramatic things happened in my life. I lost my mom to suicide um, at seven, and at um, 21, my sister died of cancer. Um, after that, I ended up in a very, very abusive relationship that um, got me having to disappear out of the state, um, California. And when I disappeared, I ended up in um, North Carolina. And while I was in North Carolina, I met a girl who was attending um, Bible school out here. And I had, I was raised um, Reformed Baptist, had never heard of it, and I followed her out here. And the rest is history. I was very broken, um, had been addicted to drugs, um, diagnosed bipolar on lots of medications, and pretty much a jacked up mess is how we'll put it. And uh, I came out here and I walked into the doors at LDC and I remember um, hiding in the back for my first two years and somebody um, here kind of seeked me out, um, Sharon Ray, and the first time I was here took me to, to lunch, and that was kind of my first time, you know, getting into somewhere, and uh, my experience with this church honestly completely changed uh, my life. I never liked people looking at me, talking to me, um, even wanting to acknowledge me, because I was very broken and afraid of people, and had a lot of um, brokenness in my heart of what I believed God had stolen from me, um, which was my entire life. I'm 34. When I came out here, I was about um, 28. Wait, no, I was 27. And the first two years were very, very, very extremely rough. And as LDC pulled me out of my shell and I started stepping out, um, as you probably heard, I got into youth and children's ministry. And through that, God began to just restore and uh, change my life, transform me through the message that Brett had, which was a message of grace and a message of love. And I never really believed that God loved me ever in my life. And although I had been taught that and I knew that I didn't have hope unless I believed in this God that was spoken of, I never had experienced his love. And I never experienced it until I lived out here. Um, and it was the first time I stepped into some places and made myself open that God had good plans for me. And it was very hard for me to ever believe that God had good plans for me because if you know loss or you um, have felt hurt or torment or abuse, it's really hard to have an expectation of good in your life. It's really hard to believe that a God that allows that really loves you. And I understand that feeling. And that is something I've had to fight my entire life against is the belief system that God didn't have good plans for me. And uh, as I went back to California, I ended up starting a women's ministry. It's called Joy and Hope Restored. And kind of the Lord has been using kind of my story to um, bring freedom to women who have similarities to what I've been through, but also women who just have stuff in their life that needs to get out um, and just bring freedom to people. And so that's kind of my story. I came out here um, for these just five days, and they asked me to speak. It's really funny because, honestly, I always came in like after worship, I sat in the back and I dodged that left door during prayer. I didn't ever want to say hi to Brett or Mary for uh, over the first year. So it's a joke, literally, that I am standing here. Like that is the only way we know there is a God that I'm up here talking. Like it's really, it's funny. God's funny, you know, he is. And like when I, when they asked me to do this, I literally was, I told God, I said, I think you're crazy. Like, I really do. I think the stuff you do, it still blows my mind. It still totally trips me out. 
how much God is willing to restore things that we don't even believe he can restore. And even though like I had such transformation, restoration here, God is restoring stuff still here. You know, so you think that you're ex having experiences and you're having restoration. You know, God will restore that even more later. Like, it's crazy. I come back here and there's still things he's restoring of my experience here where I was experiencing restoration. And I'm like, we so box God in. We box him in and we say, this is what I expect from you. This is who you are. This is what you can do. And he wants to blow the lid off our box. I mean, the fact that I oversee a ministry is, again, another joke. I didn't even um, graduate or have a high school education. And I've written stuff and I'm leading things. And it's like, I could never dream that I even had ability, capabilities. None of my ability is in me. It's all in God. I couldn't, what he is even fulfilling in my life wasn't even a dream. And so we look at our own lives and we think, well, I have, you know, I can't even dream for that or, or I could believe for that. God wants to blow even that out of the water that you're not even believing and you're not even thinking on. Like, our God is so big, and if there was just a shaking of, like, the reality of what he can do, I can only, and I speak from a fire because my life has completely flipped me out. I shouldn't be alive. You know, I've almost died four or five times in my life, and I shouldn't even be here. I could never believe that God would ever, I would ever be set free from depression, or I could not be, I wouldn't be bipolar. I could sleep on my own. I could actually be happy. I could experience joy. I could know what joy was. I could know what peace was, the real peace. I never could have even believed to know that. You know, if we only just even opened ourselves up to a place of submitting, God, I'll let you do what you want to do. That's all. Not even having to say, God, I'm going to believe you for this. I'm going to stand on this. You're going to do this. But just saying, I'm going to open, my, open myself up to you. Like, that's it. That's all he looks for in us is a willingness. Like, it's just getting down and saying, I am willing for whatever you want to do. And on my heart, and what, I, what God kind of gave me for this church is a fire, like a lighting. And it's not just you guys. It's in, in general. It's just that we've gotten to a place to not expect God to be huge and not expect like, bigger things to happen in our lives. And, you know, I, you know, I've come to a place to be like, you know, I have to go place in an expectifier, like expect him to show up and do things. And like, are we walking into things, kind of expecting him to blow our minds in those situations? And so, um, you know, in prayer about, hold on, sorry, here's to you. Just kidding. Okay, joke. Okay. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I was in prayer about what I was, to, what this message was going to be. And it was like, Last week, Allison just get three words for, for today. It was determined, endurance, and encounter. And I, you know, I looked at them, and I felt like there was something to do with a fire. There was something to do with a relighting. There was something to do with a jump, a go, like what it is to go after the things of God. And I believe that the Lord puts messages in us to speak of people who are going to share on things as things that we've already walked through or we are walking through. So it comes out of a place of like, you know, a passion of wanting this and getting this. And I'm like, I can understand why he gave this to me right now. He is taking me into a season in my life where he is making me take jumps for him of not knowing what I'm jumping into as if I'm literally jumping off a cliff. And it may feel alone sometimes. I feel like I'm carrying something on me with my story that sometimes feels painful and alone. Like I have this 
vision, this passion of freedom because it's in me, like it's happened to me. And when you've been set free, you want to run and pull the chains off of people. Let me just tell you that. When you have an experience of God, you want to run at things. And so I just believe the Lord wants to give us an experience so that we run at other people and we say, I know you can have this. And so my heart was like, okay, there's to be a fire. There's to be a go. There's to be, I'm going to run out with this and I'm going to go after some things. So why these words? Why determined? Why endurance and why encounter? And here's how I feel with my own life. Determined and endurance are the main things that I have had to hold on to to get through what I've been through. There's no way that I could come through the trauma that I've been through in, in, you know, into since I was a child, my youth, my 20s. There was no stop in the trauma that I had been through. The only way was to know what it is to have determination and endurance. And I never understood those things. Because although in the time of my brokenness, I didn't have them. You know, I didn't feel it, I didn't sense it, but as I started to experience the Lord, he started showing me, this is what it is to be determined. This is what it is to endure. And the only way that I can relate this back is everything goes back to Jesus. And so I want to take this from his story, from what Jesus went through, and how he was determined, and how he endured, and what it was to encounter the Spirit of God through it. And so that's kind of um, what I want to walk you through tonight. And the Lord took me to Philippians 3. It was the first thing that I went to, to because... I'm not super, like, a scholar at scripture, FYI, I'm not. I have to have all scripture in front of me just because I don't have a lot by memory. But I did remember the scripture about pressing on towards the goal. And I remember that's a scripture I always hold on to, pressing on. You know, I, I remember living a lot of years out here with the words press on. Continue to press on. I felt alone. I left my entire family and was out here hiding from somebody. And, uh, um, you know, unless you've been in an abusive relationship or had to run from something and hide out to get your freedom, you know, you can understand the loneliness that comes from that and already losing everything that I had lost. And I had to remember to press on. And I remember always hearing words in my spirit, endurance, what it is to endure. I want to talk about determined. The definition of determined is having made a firm decision and being resolved not to change it, unswerving and unwavering. So if you look at uh, Luke 9:51, they're talking about when Jesus is about to enter into Jerusalem. And here's where I want to illustrate Jesus and the determination that Jesus had, knowing that he was entering into a place of giving up his life for a bigger picture. So here's somebody, here's Jesus walking into a situation knowing he's about to die for somebody else. Now, if you can't, you know, say that is determination and I want a little bit of that. And he talks about that Jesus set his eyes on Jerusalem. So he set his eyes on something, although knowing he was stepping into suffering, although knowing he was about to go through something, he went through it. He went towards it. He went through it like a focus. And he went into that. What is it to have determination in our life? Like, what is it to, although life is hard, life can be hell and it can throw you upside down and things can come at us. What is it to have determination to go after the things of God? Because why was he determined? To fulfill the will of the Father. That is why he was determined. So how can we take our own life and say, I am determined no matter what is happening in my life to fulfill your will, God. I don't care what I have to endure, what I'm going to encounter, because there is a bigger picture. Now, if somebody had told me this, I wish somebody had said this to me during the times that I had questions about why my life was so hard. Is it because I think God put that all on me, you know, all this stuff. I'm not even trying to get into a doctrine to tell you why bad things happen. I'm here to tell you that God will get you through the bad things. I'm here to tell you he will restore the bad things and not getting stuck in it. 
So what happens is we can encounter something, and instead of focusing and putting your eyes to Jerusalem, putting your eyes through it, what do you do? You get stuck in the tunnel of it. And what is it to get stuck, and what is it to get through? And how do we get through? So here I want to walk through, like, what it is to get through, what it is to be, what Jesus did, that he set his eyes. He cried tears of blood knowing what he was about to endure. He took on not just the pain and the humiliation of being sacrificed. He took on hell for us. He took on no relationship with God, a place that you will never encounter because you're in relationship with him. He took on something you would not endure unless you went to hell. He took on hell. He knew he was taking that on and he went through it because he knew on the other side that there was a big story. There was a big picture. There was a bigger picture to what was going on. And I look back in my life and I look at the times of my mom committing suicide and my sister and what happened and the trauma that I went through. And I didn't even have that picture. All I knew is that you're not going to let me die, so I'm going to go through whatever it is and get to the other side, but I won't waste my story. I won't waste my story. That's the one thing. I'm going to get the devil back by using my story. Everything I want to do wants to stomp on his face. And that is the reason that I you know, want my story to be used more than ever. And I encourage you to want your story to be used. I encourage you to want to take back things by grabbing hold of what you've been through and using it as power and not us getting stuck in it, as going through the tunnel. So as, you know, to, from determination, look into it, now the next word, endurance. What is to endure? So the definition of um, endure is the ability or strength to continue or last, especially despite fatigue, stress, and other adverse conditions. A quality to continue to last for a long time. I remember when I woke up in the middle of the night with that word, endurance. And this is when, you know, I have so many times I was suffering and just so broken and I did it alone. But I remember I was to the point I said, I can't do it here anymore. Like, I need to leave. I feel so alone and so broken still here. Like, I still don't feel set free when I was living here. And I remember waking up in the middle of the night and just kept hearing the word endurance endurance, endurance. And so, you know, I looked up the word and what does that mean to endure for a long time, to be strengthened by your endurance. So here's a scripture that I like is Hebrews 12, 26 and 27. At that time, he shook, his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. The words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken. That is creating things so that what cannot be shaken may remain. Endurance in my life was shaking until I could not longer shake. And I still have to endure. I still have to go through things. In this scripture, he's talking about end times. Um, but I want to refer it to our own lives in experiencing a shaking. What it is to be shaken. And instead of getting stuck in our shakenness, that if we can see the big picture of having things happen in your life that you have to endure, because what comes out of it is that you will be unshakable. There are areas of your life when it gets shaken, shaken hard enough, all of a sudden something stops rattling. You know what I'm saying? If you get tested and tested and tested in this area about faith, about trust, about something where you're, something keeps coming at you, then what happens? You begin to start, stop being shaken if you allow God to do the work within the shaking. So there's two options you have. You have people that say, um, well, I guess I have to bear this cross. And that's the wrong way of looking about enduring. Because we have to see there's something to do with endurance that will cause a, cause a strength in your life and remove things that are shakable out of your life. And then you have something where somebody gets stuck in something 
and we carry it when God wants to heal, set free, and remove from your life. And you've got to be able to tell the difference. What is the cross that you're carrying that Jesus is supposed to be carrying? And what in your life is God happening so that you will look to him and let him remove what is shaking in your life? Um, the most recent thing that I continued to be shaken about had to do with finances, and I continually would be jolted in a situation at my job, and this has gone on since I've lived in Oklahoma. I never had a job longer than six months. It was the most, re it would literally, God would instantly take me into a new job, and I couldn't figure out, like, what is this? And it was supernatural, so I knew it wasn't just, like, me being flaky, something, and so I was like, this must be some lesson about learning to listen to your voice, to go when you say go. And then as it continued to happen in California, and I continued to having a shaken, like, all the time about finances, I started realizing, like, this is more than that. This is more than something about going when you say go. This is something you're wanting to get out of me, that I stop freaking out when things do not sit around me, that I stop relying on things of the world and I start saying, it doesn't matter what happens in my job, I'm gonna believe you. And I remember showing me that you know, you're know you gonna have a ministry where you're gonna have to stand and expect me to show up, expect me to provide, and you can't shake all the time. And you've been doing this for like six years and every time something happens, you flip out and I'd get mad, I'd stay up all night telling him, this it sucks, God. Like, come on, I'm giving my life to do things for you. And then in my secular job, I can't have security. I live on my own in Southern California. And he's like, I'm going to shake you, keep shaking you until you stop doing that. And as I, I knew, he was speaking that to me. And I finally hit a place, it was like two months ago, where I didn't respond that way, where I didn't flip out. I didn't get angry at him. I finally, I got sturdy. I stopped shaking. It took six years. And guess what? My finances changed that month. All of a sudden, now I have a security that I have not had in six years. And I know that that is what he was teaching me. I know that he wanted me to get to a place where I did not shake from things of this world. That when it happened, I had an expectation that he would provide. And so I think there's something to be able to tell the difference of what it is to endure and what it is to carry a cross that you are not supposed to be carrying. And so that we know the difference so we can have expectation of God on both sides. Um, and then the word encounter. So, um, you know what's funny? I didn't even, I guess I wasn't supposed to read Philippians 3. That was the one I was basing it off of, but okay. I'm going to just move on. So the word encounter. What time are we at? So when I was looking at this word, I was kind of like, what, is in, what do you mean by encounter? And I believe it meant by word, in, encountering a spirit of God through these things. And what it is to you. I would say, you know, what I felt like he's kind of showing me, there's, we all have God on the inside of us, right? We all have him on the inside of us. But there are things in our lives that sometimes need to be removed to, to experience more of an encounter with him. And so it's kind of like I saw it like this. There's what it is to be determined, what it is to endure, and what it is through that stuff to encounter him in a supernatural way, more abundantly than we could have ever imagined. And did it mean he wasn't there? No, he was always there. He was always there on the inside of us, around us, everywhere we go. And the only thing that I can illustrate this to you is, you know, I was saved when I was, um, when I had been in the abusive relationship on drugs. I was a Christian. I know that's shocking to everybody, but I was, and I know I was. And, you know, and I remember as I got sober and I'm getting clean and I loved God so much. But if you looked at me, you didn't see a reflection of him. So he was still on the inside of me, but he didn't reflect out of me. You know, and it, and it says in um, 2 Corinthians 3.18 that it says, if looking into a mirror, we behold the glory of God. 
So we are reflecting his glory. So if we can reflect his glory and we are changed from image to image, why do we sometimes not reflect it? And I look back and I see in my life, why didn't I reflect him? Because I had so much hurt and I had so much pain and I had so much stuff going on in my life that you know what? I didn't see God for who he was and I didn't allow him to work in me to reflect out of me. And he still was there and I could still hear his voice and I could still be led by him and I would still make decisions, you know, based on his leading. But you would look at me and I was desk walked in hell on wheels when I'd walk in here. I mean, seriously, the way that I looked, the pain on my face, people were scared of me. They didn't want anything to do with me because of the pain on me. And that's not a reflection of God. And what is it to begin to, to reflect God? And so in Ephesians 3.18, I want to read this. This is my, my favorite verse, of course, because this is the first verse where I began to believe that I could experience the love of God. And may you have the power to understand all of God's people should. How wide, how long, how high, and how deep is the love, uh, his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to fully understand that you would be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. So do you know in the scripture then you would be made complete with the fullness of life and power that comes from God is actually referring to the same thing of talking about transforming from image to image. So it, they're actually comparable. So what 2 Corinthians is saying is saying actually the same as Ephesians 3.18. But in Ephesians 3.18, what does it say is the root of becoming full of God? The root is love. The root is love of God. So if we're not reflecting God, what are we missing in our root? An experience of his love. Because we can be told all day long that God loves you. You can be preached at. And it can be every church says God loves you. And you know why you don't, we don't fully operate in it? Because we haven't experienced it. And it says we can experience it. But what does Paul do? He prays for an experience. So part of experiencing the love of God is having an expectation of an experience. Of praying that he would do something. It's not about just, well, in the name of Jesus, you love me. How high? How wide? No, show me that you love me. Let me experience that you love me. Because then when you show me that you love me, I can believe you. I can believe you're a good God. I can believe you to change things in my life. But if you don't show me, then what am I supposed to believe in? And you know, God will show us. There's something to be expected about that. I was told my whole life that God loved me. I never experienced it. You know, I had to get to a place of, God, I want to experience it. I'm going to be open to what it is to know your love. And through his love, then I can reflect. I can reflect his glory. His glory is a manifestation of him. It's, his, it's honor. It's his, you know, it's him in human form. You know, it's a reflection of his spirit. You should expect, we should expect, when we manifest him from the inside of us, when we are rooted and established in love, a manifestation should be a power, a power of him through you, walking into places and saying things and expecting him to move and expecting him to do things. Um, you know, being in, this, being in the church on Sunday, I haven't been around stuff like that in a long time. Like, just getting incept in, you know, what God, what I get to see in my own ministry, but I don't, I'm not in, you know, a lot of charismatic stuff out in California. It's not, it's a little bit different. And uh, so, you know, being in that again, I'm just like, God, like you just drop in and you just do your thing. Like we should be dancing. We should be like, God, you're so awesome. Like you're willing just to show up and do this. Like I'm going to take that out. I'm going to go out in places. I expect you to show up and do this in my own life. I expect you when I pray for this person that you're just going to manifest. You're just going to do something awesome. And what it is to not just sit and receive and watch his power. I want to go out and be part of your power. 
You know, I, I truly believe in not to be an end times preacher. We are coming into end times. And God wants to unleash his spirit. And I truly, truly believe that. And that is a word that I continue to keep getting. There should needs to be an unleashing. I want to be a part of that unleashing. I want to be a part of what I believe God is doing now in the church and wants to do. And what it is to get a fire to go live in this and expect it and watch him, watch him move in the small things and the big things and being excited about him. And the thing is, is that in this world, in this life, stuff happens and crap happens and we lose the belief that he can do things. Like we lose the belief that he is this God because we look and we believe that his character is wrong and that he's behind things. And although we don't want to admit it because we're church people and we love Jesus and we don't want to say that, you know what, I believe, you know, it feels like God took that from me. It, God, it feels like he did this, and I know what that feels like because I still feel like that at times. I'm not telling you that I have a perfect vision and, you know, a, a view of the character of God. Guess what? That belief system still haunts me, and it, will, and it haunts a lot of people. It haunts most, most people, just not people aren't willing to admit it, that there's things going on that we blame it, and God knows that. He knows that, and he loves us, and he wants us to come to him and say, you know what, God, I do feel like you took that from me. I do feel like, well, why did this person get this life and I don't? You know, you know can you imagine how I feel with that? Seeing people with moms or, you know, with a, a good husband or their, their sisters and stuff. Yeah, of course I'm going to be like, well, why didn't I get that? I want a mom. You know, I want those things. I know what that feels like. I understand that. You know, and that's a belief system that continues to come up for me. But you know what? Now I identify it. So when I know that those thoughts are coming up for me that, God did this to you. He's still doing it to you. Look what happened here and what happened here. And this just happened on Valentine's Day. My mom committed suicide on Valentine's Day. And uh, those thoughts were totally harassing me on that day. And I remember waking up and I totally got in a funk for those two days. The only difference now is that I identify it. And I, you know, I speak back to it. And I'm not going to allow the devil to lie to me anymore about who God is. And I say, I don't care. I expect, I think you, God, you're giving me double. No matter what, I thank you, Father. You promised me restoration. I know I've lost this, but I'm believing you. I'm determined. I'm determined to endure because I know I will encounter you. You know? And so I just, like, totally feel like we want to be excited. To just bringing excitement into what God can do. Um, to look at him in a certain way, but identify when the devil wants you to look at him in a different way. And identify when the devil wants to twist the way you see God. The same way that he did in Genesis, you know, the same way he tempted Adam and Eve was to twist who God was, to twist his goodness, to twist his plans for them, and to twist their identity and who he made them to be. Because the devil hates your identity. He hates it because he wants it. And he wishes he had right standing. He wishes he, he was the image of God. And so you have to understand that the enemy wants to come and distort everything that is good that God put on you. And he wants to tell you it's the opposite. If he can distort the character of God, guess what? He's got you. Because in every single way, you're not going to allow God to operate the way he wants to because you're looking at your father the wrong way. And, uh, you know, it's a, there's just a lot of belief systems we have that we actually don't realize we are looking at God certain ways. There's a lot of voices that we hear that we latch onto and jump into, not realizing the root of that voice. Um, and, you know, I'm just clearly passionate, excited about that because I've been harassed by voices my entire life. And, you know, and I just, I know God is, is good. That's all I can say. I finally know in my life that God's a good God and that he does love. And I've had to fight though for that love. I've had to fight to believe it. And I've had to fight to be open for an experience of him. My, um, 
Prayer tonight is a fire, a relighting, an excitement, an experience um, for the things of God and to go after them. To expect to get through the tunnel, not get stuck in the tunnel. And what it is to know you need to give up your cross or the things that he is having you endure to be shaken and make you unshakable. And to expect an encountering with him. And that's what I want to just leave um, LDC with, this church. And uh, I'll pray. I'm going to close off and not leave a cliffhanger tonight. So... <laughs>